Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Grass weeds continue to be a problem on Irish farms, whether on plough or non-plough based systems. The spread of black grass continues to be a real concern and is still spreading. It's hard to contain these weeds, especially where combines or balers are moving from farm to farm. The easiest time to prevent the weed spreading is to hand rogue the odd head, which may come onto the farm, rather than trying to chase a large weed population later on. Herbicide resistance is also a real concern of many farms, with confirmed resistance in a high proportion of sampled black grass and Italian ryegrass populations. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by John Mann, the advisor in the Enable Conservation Tillage Project, who is looking at establishment systems and grass weeds. John, can I first ask you just to remind growers about why they should be concerned about grass weeds? And many might be thinking, well, sure, they're easily controlled anyway with herbicides. I suppose apart from their effect uh, that they might have on the yield potential in the field, um, say the likes of Italian ryegrass or bromes or wild oats would be similar to uh, effect on on yield like a crop of cleavers. Um, potential, there is potential there like if you're in a value-added crop um, like seed or you were doing gluten-free oats or a malt or a milling contract that you may have rejection. But I suppose the main concern that I would have uh, would be a buildup of grass weed in the seed bank in the field. Um, that that potentially will take you years to plan your way out of. And like, say, the black grass situation in the UK, it could cost you a lot of money. Um, the farmers there are spending upwards of €150 Euro a hectare just for black grass control. And just on that one, John, sure. I mean, that's fine if they're spending that. Sure, that's only lasts for a couple of years. Or is that a little bit longer in terms of their, their, their spend? Trouble with, with the likes of, say, a black grass situation is that that you if if you allow it potentially to build up, you're you're uh, you're into a long term planned rep- um you have to plan your way out of, of the situation and that will cost you a, a lot of money in the long run. Um, I, I suppose I could turn that question on its head by asking if grass weeds were so easily controlled, then why why would they be spreading in the first place with, with an individual? Um, they, they, they are easily controlled um, if you are using a combination of cultural and, and chemical control methods in an integrated approach. But I would guesstimate that many farmers are running into trouble because they're relying on, on uh, chemistry alone. Yeah, I, I think just looking at some of the figures you mentioned there, 150 euros a hectare on, 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 on weed control, just for grass weed control, is um, pretty common. And I suppose the disturbing fact maybe about that is that that's been pretty constant over the last number of years and increasing every year. So it's, so it's not going down on an industry scale. But anyway, coming back to black grass and maybe even Italian ryegrass, which are probably some of the most serious weeds here in Ireland, some of the serious grass weeds, how prevalent are they? Do we have a better handle now than we had maybe last year in terms of where, where those um, populations are? It's hard to estimate that, I suppose, nationally um, on the prevalence side of it, things. But work that we have been doing in the Enable Conservation Tillage Project, we, we have found them literally from the northeast in, in County Loud right down to County Cork in the south. Um, we, I, I would say that we would have several pockets of the country that that have um, problems to date with those with both blackgrass and Italian ryegrass. But uh, I would estimate that the the distribution is probably more widespread around the country, and people may not have discovered their problems yet. Um, 
just on that point, we we are encouraged by the number of new cases which have been cropping up over the past number of weeks. We launched a survey there um, in the Farmers Journal about four weeks ago, and um, we're looking for new growers to go out and 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 find the problems uh, in their fields. And we're very encouraged by the number of people who have actually newly found blackgrass and Italian ryegrass in their fields. It's, it's like the discovery discovery of the uh, I, I suppose the Spaniards of the South Americas. It was probably there for a long time anyway. So it wasn't until they just, I would they guess just came across they, it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, look, I suppose there, there's still uh, I think a lot of um, people in the industry who would maybe contend that Ash, look, don't worry too much about them. There's always herbicides to control them. Would that be the case in black grass and Italian ryegrass? There are a number of herbicide choices available and um, th- that particularly for the likes of the autumn sown uh, cereal crops. But the, the problems are still arising and, and resistance is developing out there um, primarily because growers continuously grow the same crop and use the same uh, chemistry on it continuously. Um, the introduction of, say, a rotational crop, um, a break crop, automatically will will throw in alternative chem- chemistry and herbicides there with different modes of action and will lessen the opportunities of the likes of black grass or Italian ryegrass from building up that resistance to the herbicide in the first place. Um, as with all agrochemicals, Michael, you know, it's the exact same with the insecticides and fungicides that, that we it's important that we prevent that resistance from happening. We have to protect the chemistry that's there. Um, there's no big conveyor belt of, of new alternatives coming down the line. Um, it is encouraging uh, that BASF have launched Luxembourg already this week in the UK for, for both blackgrass and Italian ryegrass control. And that's really, really welcome, Michael. Um, I, I think we have to wait another two years or so to 2024 for registration here. But like like what happened before with Alexis in the UK, it, it must be protected. Like we can't we can't just uh, randomly just um, use it continuously and not protect that, the likes of it. And from that point of view, then when you talk about protecting it in terms of of keeping it um, keeping the weeds susceptible to that particular chemistry. How would farmers know on the ground if they have a resistant weed in the field? The best way, I suppose, is, is to uh, take samples and send it to ourselves in Oak Park on the ECT project. Um, again, I, I spoke about a survey that we launched a few weeks ago in the Farmers Journal. Um, the, the purpose of that survey is, is uh, to to hopefully get newer growers to send in blackgrass and Italian ryegrass samples to us. We'll, we'll do a resistance testing uh, on that. And hopefully it's a win-win situation, both for the industry and the grower themselves. For the industry ourselves, we, we, we will hopefully have a better idea of how widespread uh, those resistance situations are nationally. Um, currently, to date, we have roughly 50-50% uh, for both blackgrass and Italian ryegrass um, resistance through um, our testing to date. I would estimate that it's lower than that, but if if we can get in enough samples through, through the testing um, service that we have at the moment, 
um, we'll have a better figure for the country overall. Um, the win-win situation, the grower, the grower will have sample, he, he'll have resistant testing done free of charge and he'll confidentially get back the results of those tests. And that's really important, Michael, because one, he'll know if he has resistance, but more importantly, he'll, able, he'll be able to see what chemistry might be working. It may be resistant to one or two commercial uh, chemistries or herbicides, um, but but uh, some some other herbicides may be effective. So he can use that information then to incorporate into an integrated weed control program. And John, ju- just in terms of, of, of you said about maybe multiple resistances, are there any populations out there that are to the stage where you just can't control them with herbicides? Yes, there are a number, um, but but of the resistances that we found, um, there's there's no consistency in the blackgrass situation in that they may be resistant to one one particular um, grouping like the ALS type chemistries, uh, which would be Pacificas and Broadway Stars and Monolith that type of chemistry. Um, it could be resistant to the ACK type chemistries for. The dims, the fops, and the the, the dens, uh, the likes of axial falcons and and stratus, that, that type of chemistry. Um, we have resistance to both types of of um, groupings, or one or other, or just individual chemistries. So there's there's no correlation at all, and the only way you'll know is by having a resistance testing done. Okay, and and you mentioned earlier, it says worth mentioning again, the, that resistance work can be done in Oak Park if people get the samples to you. Uh, what's the process, I suppose, of getting samples in, in, into us here in Oak Park? Well, on our website, on the, on the grassweed section, we have uh, a link to the survey where we're actually asking permissions and we're looking for coordinates of where, of where the actual fields are for for the samples um i would uh, stress that it's a confidential uh, service that we're offering on that and um, individuals will will be the only ones getting back their individual results we're pooling results for a national uh, distribution of the country and where the resistances are then when you um talk about certainly lots of um or certainly a, a, a stable of herbicides which can be used but going back to cultural control message or non chemical control methods what can people do or farmers do between now and harvest well michael um if you discover that you have a problem at the moment at this late stage in the crop um there is a number of steps uh that and things that you can do um i suppose the most important one is to try and get a positive identification on the grass weed um, and if you need help on that there are there are plenty of guides and also the use of your agronomist or advisor um, what i would always do myself and and and, and say to people is to uh, drop a pin on google maps or draw a map of the area get out a map and make sure that it's mapped where the problem area is um, it, it can be quite difficult to actually get back to a place and, and you'll say you'll, you'll know where to go to, but, but it's really important that it's mapped out. Um, if, if you can identify the plant, um, where, whether it's sown in the rows or, or is between the rows, that will give you 
a huge amount of information in in identifying both the source and also to estimate how long the seed bank is actually there um, in, in tracing it all backwards. Um, if if you do have again, uh, if if you do have black grass or Italian ryegrass, um, we can get those viable seed samples into us um, for resistant testing. It's important that we get ripe samples. So we have a covering technique and there's a little video to go along with that on our website as well um, to okay, make we, sure. We, we'll put up the link of that to that at the end of this podcast or anyone can, can, can see it there on that. Once you've all that done, th then you have to start dealing with the weed, the weed itself. So hand roguing, if at all possible, it's 100% effective and it's the most uh, common method of getting on top of your weeds if, if you have a small number and you're cropped in time. If it's unrogable, it, it's well worth your while to burn out the patches with glyphosate. It may seem extreme, but in the long run, it's going to save you an awful lot of money. If you prevent the seed from returning to the soil, then you don't have the buildup of the problem ahead of you. And a third, op a third option that's commonly used if the area is small enough and it's only in patches are many people uh, take out a mower and mow it out for silage, but make sure that that's done before the seed is ripe. Overall, I would say you must have a, a zero tolerance approach, particularly to the likes of the black grass. Being very sensible in comparison to how, how the UK has gone in, in terms of having that zero tolerance approach. If, and as you mentioned, some of the weeds get, get, get past you and you're looking at um, the, the, the combine going through, is there any or what or maybe maybe you might just give us maybe an example of two or three of the most effective cultural control methods that farmers can employ um, after harvest? After harvest, um, the most effective, I suppose, uh, with, with, with many of them, with the exceptions of the likes of the meadow bromes or soft or rye brome, would be to, to do a light cultivation to encourage the seeds to germinate immediately after harvest. Now, ironically, with the new nitrates rules, um, which have come into effect this year, um, we, we'll all be doing that anyway. But but that is is a, a great method to get uh, the likes of those seeds uh, germinated out and, and that can be burnt off with life before sowing takes place. Um, Another main action that I would see as essential is uh, that, that people must make a plan, make a plan with your advisor uh, regarding what your next intended crop is. You may need to, to break with what you had intended doing. Um, you may need to put in a break crop in there to change your chemistry around and allow multiple seed beds by putting in, say, a spring cropping. But you, you have to kind of plan your way um, to get on top of grass weeds. So these are all cultural methods that, that are very effective. Um, if you consider a spring crop and you want to do a cover crop over the winter, um, my, my work on the ECT project um, on different uh, cover crop types, try and go for something that's fairly open, like a phacelia crop or some, some open crop, as that will encourage uh, grass weeds to, to come through the, the, um, from the seed bank. So just to get you there on that one, you, you, you're trying to grow the seeds there, are you? Or are you trying to suppress the, the, weed, the seeds? Well, 
That, that's a that's a really important question because uh, cover crops are put in for multiple reasons. Some some people will will be growing cover crops for for grazing with livestock. They tend to be quite big and bulky and shade out an awful lot of of um, problem weeds um, if you're trying to flush them out. Uh, alternatively, some people put in mixes that are are um, primarily to do with uh, soil structure and, and, and improving the soils. But from a weed control point of view, a cover crop mix should be quite open and not very dense. So sunlight can get in and, and encourage as many grass weeds to come through as possible. Um, if somebody is in the position that they, they uh, can't do that um, and they're putting in a cereal crop, well, if it's an autumn sown crop, the later it's sown and increasing the seed rate are very, very effective cultural control methods for grass weeds. And also, they should put in place a plan uh, what autumn herbicides would work best on the weed type. And from our work on the, the weed screen trial in the ECT project, a pre-emergence is working extremely well, Michael. Okay, we didn't um, talk, John. I, I suppose about the bit in, in before harvest and after harvest. And maybe we should talk about the actual harvest bit itself. How much do you think, or have you seen any work about how far a baler or a combine can spread seeds that are, I suppose, if you like, in crop or into straw? And and then maybe <clears throat> on the other side of that, then is is there a uh, process by where? Uh, farmers can prepare, you know, uh, machinery, I suppose, going from field to field or farm to farm? The essential uh, answer to your question is that machine hygiene, um, it, it has a massive bearing on the spread of grass weeds. Um, any, any, any of the grass weeds that have a dense head on them, like a black grass or a canary grass, the amount of of seeds that's produced in that head is is huge and combines and balers in particular are potentially the biggest um spreaders of of our grass weed problems throughout the country um that's not saying that that can't be caught got on top of uh, I suppose there are two things to bear in mind that if if you can leave problem fields until last to combine and bale that's that's a best practice but sometimes that can't be done or sometimes uh, the machines um, are a contractor machine that's coming in so knowing the source of where the machine has come from and and having that discussion with your contractor on machine hygiene and and thoroughly cleaning down those machines be, before they're coming from someone else's farm it's 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 really down to good biosecurity measures and like like we have on our livestock farms and pig farms around the country, it's 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 good biosecurity, um. So it's in everyone's interest at the end of the day because these machines are potential super spreaders of 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 grass weed problems, but they don't have to be if it's in a planned out. John, look, thanks very much for that. That's you know, it's great advice there at the end in terms of trying to contain weeds and 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 uh, the biosecurity thing as you're talking about there. I think that's very apt in terms of uh, making sure uh, you keep those weeds out if you keep them out of the farm it's very easy to control them but if you let them in and you don't um you don't pull them uh, or hand rogue the few that might might come in you're going to be in serious butter 
So, John, look, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, we might come back again, maybe, and, and, and chat about the combines and um, how and balers and how they might be best uh, blown down or best cleaned out going from farm to farm. So, John, thanks again. Thanks very much, Michael. Um, and at this stage, just coming up to uh, the start of the harvest, I'd like to wish all the growers a safe and a bountiful harvest. So that's all we've time for. And my thanks to John for joining me on the podcast today. There are a series of signpost tillage farm walks from June the 20th to June the 30th in Wexford, Cork and Tipperary. And we are looking at how to reduce the tillage farming's environmental footprint. For more details, see chagas.ie forward slash events. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed this podcast then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple Podcast or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.